prisoner of words unsaid. Just lonely feelings left away in my head. All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Consensus Podcast. It's been a while. Um, since the last time we recorded, um, a lot has happened, and now we are right bang in the middle of a pandemic and we really thought that we should bring you an episode and to talk about the madness that's going on well i'm julia i am a lib dem member and counselor and with me today i have koyan hi i'm koyan and i'm a conservative supporter and then we have des Hello, I'm Des, and I'm a Labour Party supporter. And lastly, I am Shaka, and I am a Green Party member. Well, you might be able to tell, given everything that's going on, we've all had to adapt, and we are recording this episode virtually, which is probably which probably explains why I've had to call the names out. Um, so, ladies, what have you guys? been up to in this crazy <laughs> crazy moment Shaka what have you been up to um I've been enjoying a lot of unstructured time I'm enjoying not setting my alarm I'm enjoying lots of time in nature I'm eating quite well I'm enjoying just basically just me and my yoga practice at the moment so um yeah and um lots of socializing seem to spend most of my time on the phone talking to friends and family so um but yeah go rolling with it rolling with the punches nice um, <laughs> what about you Des? Um, so I'm the absolute opposite of Shaka. Um, <laughs> I've been eating poorly. Um, my time is um, taken by work, taken up by work. Um, and uh, yeah, just looking at the same four walls, I've literally moved my room around because I was like, I can't, I can't look at the same setup or I'm just, I'm, a, I'm going to lose it. Um, and started reading. So yeah, that's, uh, started reading a bit more. So that's, that's my um, lockdown. <laughs> God, I'm a bit like Des, so work has literally taken over my life, like, especially when lockdown first happened, I was so overwhelmed, there were hundreds of emails, etc, so my workload has definitely increased um, during this period, because um, I work for an MP, so it's just crazy, um, in the time that I do have for myself, I'm either watching shows, talking to friends, or literally just sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually draining like I'm tired like 24 7 oh what tired from sleeping and Netflixing I'm actually just tired from life like this, this is a pandemic I'm tired it's a lot man it's a lot I'm not gonna lie yeah. it's a lot I yeah it's a lot really tricky casework at the moment as well Colleen pardon I bet you're getting really tricky casework oh yeah as well at the moment yeah so Yes, it sucks. And because my boss is now a minister, we have all of that as well being redirected to our emails. Ooh. So it's just 25 billion times more than it was before. But we got to go. It is what of it is. Of course, I forget he's a minister now. Mm. <laughs> I've been a while now, joking. <laughs> For me, um, I guess it's more than ever being a counsellor has been a lot, very, very busy. Um, I've spent a lot of my time helping with the mutual aid groups. So we've helped over like 500 people already just from helping them do shopping, errands. So that, that has been quite busy. Donating food to like local food banks, um, helping like local primary schools with supplies that will help parents um, homeschool. And in my free time, I... Oh, I've tried to read, I failed. Um, I've tried to do yoga. Shaka, I think I need you to help me. <laughs> I failed. So all I've literally been doing is sleeping, um, watching Netflix, and basically trying really, really hard to keep my mental health in check. 
Um, luckily for me, my therapy sessions moved to telephone, so at least I still get them. Mm. And it's been really, really, really helpful during these really weird times, especially when I've had like shaky days. At least I know that every Thursday evening I can talk it out and figure out practical ways to help me deal with it. Um, so that's literally it, I guess. And um, I thought it's really good to hear what everyone's been doing, but we need to get to the main topic of the day. Um, by no means are we able to tackle this big issue that has become quite prominent during this whole pandemic. We were trying to understand it, but we certainly don't have any answers. And it's simply the very, really important question of why are ethnic minorities dying more from COVID-19? Like, why are we dying? Um, we've seen the data, um, but especially the latest one from the ONS, which showed that black people are more than four times more likely to die from COVID than those of white ethnicity, despite the fact that we only make up, what, 15% of the population in England, for example. Um, and then when you look at those that are working in the healthcare sector, the numbers that have died are even more um, staggering. For example, 94% of doctors and 75% of nurses that have died are from ethnic minorities, um, ethnic minority backgrounds. And then let's just zoom in a little bit more. Black women are 4.3 times more likely to die from COVID-related deaths, and black men are 4.2 times more likely to die than their white counterparts. These numbers, you just can't get away from them. You know, in the beginning, everyone was talking about, oh yeah, black people are immune from the Rona. Um, and then suddenly, you know, the S hit the fans, you know, and then now everyone is talking about why is this happening? You know, people have come up with reasons from like socioeconomic uh, disadvantages to racial in, uh, inherent racial biases and structural discrimination. But also as well, I want us to really delve into this reason why. Um, but at the same time, I don't just, don't just want us to talk about the why. I also want us to look into or try to decipher what, what more can be done to protect ethnic minority men and women from the virus. But before we do all of that, um, let's get straight to the whys. I'm just going to go straight to it, ladies. Why are we dying from COVID compared to our white counterparts? Um, I am going to go with Des. Yeah, um, I guess you touched on it a little bit. Um, and I guess the big, you know, headline thing is uh, endemic racism and everything that falls from it. Um, so, you know, loads of people have been trying to figure out the numbers are staggering people, you know, were still trying to dis figure out, as you said, like, like what is happening because it's, it's, it's ridiculous and it's stark um, and it's very concerning. And so when it comes to kind of issues that people have been talking about for years, um, activists have been talking about for years, insecure work, overcrowding, um, kind, of, uh, uh, kind of chronic illnesses. So it, it kind of all kind of encompasses or falls under that kind of, I don't know, headline of racism. <laughs> and um, yeah, I, th I think the, all those things kind of touch on, uh, kind of ring true, um, but it will be very interesting. Um, and we're gonna talk a bit about it later um, with the inquiry to figure out, you know, where, where those kind of, uh, those, those points or those hotspots are and for the, for the reasons. Um, for what's going on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think um, just to kind of expand on what Des said, um, I think it's multi-layered. I think it's it's not, it, clearly we, we can't get a clear picture at the moment as to why this is happening. Um, but definitely it seems to me that um, socioeconomic um, status seems to have a big, plays a big, big role because it plays a part in um in terms of well people just being on the front line of work basically being key workers and being in key key positions that leaves them way more vulnerable to being exposed to the virus um so des mentioned you know potentially being in overcrowded housing or maybe not having adequate housing um that potentially leaves um black people way more vulnerable um and yeah, just I think there's a like you say there's a general sense in which issues issues are already 
exist in terms of facing black people in terms of the structures and work and housing um, are being exasperated um, with their exposure and their ability to um, to uh, recover potentially even once they get the the virus so um yeah, I think there's a lot more research that needs to be done. It's very worrying. The statistics are very, very concerning, I think. Yeah, I agree with both of you guys. And I think just to kind of add on to that, I think um, one of the main things is that as black um, women, especially, we're seen mm. as expendable. Um, our lives don't really matter you know we're not seen as a priority we're treated differently ridiculed and ignored and there have been cases of when that has happened for example that woman who I think her name was Kayla Williams who was in her flat and she had um, coronavirus symptoms but she was told she was not a priority the nurse that was pregnant and working in the hospital as well she passed away sadly from that and then recently um, is it Belly, Belly Magina? Um, who was shockingly yeah. sat at but that aside she should not have been working anyway because she has underlying health issues but her work her place of work was forcing her to work so that is obviously a big thing in the community is that businesses employers are forcing people who should not be working and putting them in difficult situations and making them work she shouldn't have had to work if she wasn't at work that day then perhaps something like this wouldn't have occurred so there is that sense of you know um black women are only there to you know make a sacrifice um they're kind of um their life is quite inexpendable so it's, it doesn't really mean anything so i think that with the, within the race aspect, there's so many different factors. And I don't know how that is going to be effectively um, dissected if there is to be some sort of inquiry into that. And then, of course, there's so many other reasons as well. So it's really difficult, like you always say, in that we don't know everything. But, of course, there are some health issues as well within our community that is probably affecting our community more so than our white counterpeers. So that could be, for example, you know, health conditions such as diabetes or sickle cell or um, heart disease or just so many different things that are affecting us um, could potentially contribute to us dying at a faster rate than white people. You know what, that's your completely true and then as you guys were all talking i was just kind of thinking but then why are we really that surprised then because essentially what this virus has done is expose the inherent racial yeah. prejudice that ethnic minorities still face in western society um and, and all he has done is highlighted pre-existing sort of inequalities um as you said coin we as we've said again in previous episodes of Consensus, is that those from ethnic minority backgrounds are less likely to have access to proper healthcare, whether that being physical or mental. We know that you're more likely to live in poor and substandard housing, um, receive substandard education, because that would then have an impact in terms of how you dissect the information and the messaging that has been coming through, given that those messages haven't even been targeted towards the community in the beginning. And then you mentioned again, the things around sort of insecure jobs. You know, as a counsellor, I've had complaints from a lot of people who have been saying that employees are forcing them to go into work and failure to work would mean that they can have leave but they won't be paid a lot of people can't afford to have unpaid leaves so therefore they're going into work all these complaints that i have had so far have all come from ethnic minorities um you know people so it's almost as though that whilst this is happening a lot but no one is really talking about it in a normal discourse around the pandemic this has been largely um, overlooked. So that then leads me to my next question in that, did the world, the UK, did they just forget about us um, when this happened? 
um, were we just, an, well, were we and are we an um, afterthought to how we can deal with this? Um, Colleen? I think it's difficult because I think at the very beginning, um, no one really knew who it was affecting the most and the intricacies of the virus. But I think we as a community didn't help ourselves as well when we um, were kind of saying that, oh, it doesn't affect us because it's not happening um, or the way that they're treating it in African countries, for example, are doing much better than we are. So um, from that kind of messaging, it, it made us be lax in how we kind of dealt with um, how we kind of dealt with the virus. So from that, from from that i think it meant that a lot of people just didn't really want to they just thought that you know it's not really gonna affect me so i don't really need to do anything different i don't need to change my ways even when lockdown was um implemented people were still you know having parties or seeing friends because there's no real personal connection with the virus so because they believe that it doesn't affect them per se or their family for example then it's not a big issue, but it really is in our community. If we're seeing that our people are dying at a disproportionate rate, um, you can't just focus on yourself, um, essentially. Um, you do have to think of people as a whole. And I think um, the messaging from the beginning had been a bit haphazard in the sense that it's something that we just didn't really have enough information about. But the problem is that it took too long for the government to react to the fact that we needed this inquiry to take place um, because there's still, even with the inquiry, it's still quite lax with regards to it because there's no date or time scales for when it's going to happen, when it's going to be produced or any of that kind of info. So, you know, in the beginning, there was the whole, you know, how like Black Twitter has now called it a Rona. Um, there was this whole meme going on about how Black people won't get it. Des, as a resident memologist, can you exactly as a young culture, can you dissect this whole Rona ain't gonna get black people? Yes, thank you, uh, thank you, Julia. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was super, like when it first started popping up, I thought. Um, I knew it was all jokes and japes, but I, I genuinely thought it was quite quite dangerous, the discourse. Um, because you talk about whether I was surprised, whether we were surprised. I was like, obviously most of us, no. Like um, when this lockdown happened and everyone's talking about empty streets, I live in Newham, which is one of the most diverse, you know, areas in London. And I'd walk out, go on my, um, my daily sanctioned walk um, and I see people out, they were going to work, they're coming back from work. So I think, you know, we obviously, you know, it was, it was funny a little bit, but um, I think it was, it was an ever present concern <laughs> and maybe that was our way of dealing with it. I don't know. Um, so yeah, I know memes. <laughs> I, I remember like when this started, like a personal anecdote, I was that annoying person in a family and my mom was like, ha, you're carrying this virus on your head. Calm down. And I'm like, this is serious. <laughs> because my flatmate is a doctor. And then she felt ill. And then I felt ill. So I'm like, guys, I'm sick. They didn't take it seriously. And then my stepdad felt very sick that he ended up in ICU from the virus. And wow. only then they start to take it seriously and only when I started to send them daily daily updates of another person who is an auntie and an uncle that have just died from the virus that they started to take social distancing measures you know quite seriously I remember mom saying oh well if you don't want to come visit me I'll come over to yours I'm like you cannot do that and yeah. they didn't get it yeah, yeah. Shaka, it's difficult. It's really difficult. Oh, sorry, Koyin, carry on. No, 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 I was just saying it's difficult though because you can imagine like she obviously just wanted to see her child but in this situation it's not something that she could do just so easily. Mm. 
I think as another, just as another an anecdote, an observation of Black Twitter um, at the beginning of the, the crisis. Um, I mean, I saw a lot of people, a lot of people that I followed were locking down before it even it was the official government policy. You know, a lot of people on my timeline were definitely taking it very seriously and were saying, stay at home, stay at home, stay at home, way before um, it was announced by the government um, to actually stay at home. Um, and I think, I mean, I think for me personally, in terms of like my circles, there's been a bit of a balance of both of like, all right, I'm not going to sit around watching the news all day and, you know, worrying about it constantly. But then at the same time, I'm not going to be flippant about it either and like take proper precautions, which is, you know, stay at home, um, social. I don't actually like calling it social distancing. I think it should just be called physical distancing because I actually <laughs> I haven't been more sociable actually in my whole life. Um, but like not, not necessarily physically seeing people. That is so true. <laughs> <laughs> um and also because it I think we're social beings so I think physical distancing mean yeah makes more sense to me but, but um yeah and then you know taking those you know doing as you're as we're supposed to do um but then also I think at the beginning before you know before we went into lockdown um before things really got very serious I think there was a real sense in which even though we'd seen what happened in China even though we'd seen what happened in Italy and we were seeing it all you know, start to set a light all over the world. I really felt like there was a sense in which we just couldn't imagine. Life just seemed so normal and there was just no idea about, oh, that this might actually happen to us um, and, it could, and it could go the way that it has done. Um, so maybe there was a bit of complacency, but I, I sort of, um, I put that more down to the fact that, um, yeah, we've never lived through this before and people just had no idea. I mean, there really wasn't a roadmap for how to respond and, and how to react to this. And everyone had very different reactions. And I think a lot of them were emotional, maybe without even consciously being aware. Um, yeah, and to be fair, we've had a rudderless leadership. I mean, like, no, you know, it doesn't help when your government and is a complete shambles. Sorry, Corinne. I was I gonna mean, add. I, I was actually sorry, Colleen. Sorry. No, no, no. Mm. You go. I was gonna say. So you're talking about the leadership being rudderless and um, kind of combining with the point I was saying before about going out and seeing people out, out, out and about where I mm. live. Like, surely they it should have been like in their minds that an area that has a large concentration of key workers. Um, mm. and people who are going to be out there like the people that are going to be on the front lines mm. surely there should have been some focus or some kind of targeting mm -hmm. because it, it wasn't even like surely that would maybe they obviously they have a lot to deal with like I don't want to you know no one has the has the obviously we have the what's it called hey, benefit of hindsight I'm sorry um, don't try and be diplomatic <laughs> they all have a lot to deal with but at the same time they failed when it came to the targeting of messaging to different communities and to make sure that those people can access that information, they failed because there were often notion that the virus is indiscriminate and can catch everyone. And that was it. Well, actually, yes, the virus is indiscriminate, but how it, could, how it affects different people mm. is mm. very discriminatory. Yeah. And they just forgot about that. So I know you are trying to be diplomatic, no, but also I, I th also would say that I think um, and the Race Inequality Foundation. Um, I read an article um, from them today, and they suggested that actually because there's a lack of diversity of leadership even at the top of 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 government, that there wouldn't even have been someone in the circle saying, "Guys, maybe we should look at this um, and taking proper risk assessments and and to do specific targeting." Um, I think there was an understanding that obviously people, or older people, were more vulnerable and at risk, um, but there didn't seem to be any other kind of risk assessment for those with protected char characteristics. Um, and it seems that obviously, even under the Health and Safety at Work Regulations Act, um, I think there should have been like proper adequate risk assessments taken and that clearly wasn't done and like you say the, the assessments weren't done so then the target messaging wasn't done and certainly there was nothing done in terms of providing people with pp adequate protection in terms of ppe equipment um 
you know, in terms of recognizing those that are on, on the front line. I mean, so for example, even my nan, um, who sadly passed away during this time, um, you know, has carers who come to her house every day. And, you know, they still had to come every single day to care for her. And they were not wearing PPE equipment. They were not provided with PPE equipment. They were told they have to buy their own. Um, and they were people who were traveling to different houses all day, every day, periperiatic work. Those are people, you know, on transport, traveling, um, you know, going to different houses. I mean, the, the, the idea that somehow that those people weren't targeted and there was something done about that um yes yeah, and it's an like an abdication of responsibility you, you don't deserve to call yourself a leader um when you don't look at those things and you don't take care of take care of the people that you're supposed to be in charge of protecting i yeah you're completely right and just to i know we've already spoken privately so sorry to hear about your nan again and ah. glad that you're still with us um doing this despite you know mm. moment mm. so then thank you all said is it safe to say that history will look back on this as a complete failure or <sighs> in terms of how ethnic minorities were treated during the pandemic um um very possibly, <laughs> very, very possibly. I mean, uh, I think, I yeah, yeah. Um, I think, you know, as we said, like, there were so many things, like, the more that you guys spoke, I was just like, yeah, like, there's just so many things that are, are kind of not idiosyncratic but pretty like like you said like uh, you know different generations living in one house or or mm -hmm. uh, the the insecure work being made being made to feel like you have to go to work i think those mm -hmm. things definitely should have been taking taken into consideration but i think looking at uh, the the government's response as a whole um it's it's incredibly unfortunate but surprising i don't know <laughs> like, you know what i mean um so yeah yeah p perhaps perhaps I think um, with regards to um, history, um, I think the inquiry that is going to be put in place is going to help in the sense, well, help, it could help or it might not help in the sense that if, it's, if they're bold enough to take the necessary requirement to examine everything from, you know, inequalities in health, employment, housing and poverty in general, and it's not just some half-hearted you know um inquiry then my hope is that from the inquiry we can then learn how to better protect ourselves even though i don't think you should have to have an inquiry to protect all your citizens but the hope is that from the basis of this we can then go forward and either one um, reduce those inequalities in those specific areas and it will really highlight what those specific um um, inequalities are and see how we can reduce them that's my hope from it I don't know if that's going to happen because again it's I haven't seen anything with regards to a timeline for when this inquiry is going to happen not mm. much has been said about it so it does it, it seems as if they've just kind of put it out there and maybe they're just kind of hoping that this will kind of go away who knows I'm not sure um, supposedly I I have heard that Public Health England, so the Department for Health and Social Care had commissioned Public Health England to do a review into why um, ethnic minorities are dying more from COVID-19. They're supposedly meant to report back in May. No, not May. That's a lie because we're currently... <laughs> we're in May. <laughs> Hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. <laughs> Julia says you have two weeks. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no, no, no. By the end of May is what I have heard. In two and, weeks. Right? Exactly. But I already have concerns about this review because, number one, right, the way the mainstream has responded to this proportionality in death with the ethnic minority has been to say well um, you can't really say for, for sure why this is happening there are many different reasons it's not necessarily based on racism the virus is not racist you know we've had um, the head of a think tank already accusing um, people of 
you know, misinterpreting the data so we could play the race card and play the victim. So I am some, I am, so don't, is it any wonder I am skeptical of this review that it will just Mm. be another sort of a whitewashing report and doesn't really go into, it wouldn't really, you know, take, what was it called? Take a mirror to itself to really look at what society have done wrong. And though a review hasn't helped itself by already having Trevor Phillips um, and I don't know whether he's leading for you or whether he's playing a prominent role in that review, knowing what the majority of the um, ethnic minority communities feel about him, especially that he's just been suspended from Labour um, mm-hmm. because of accusation for Islamophobia. And that's who you get to do a report a, a review of such significance so it's already showing me that they're not taking this as seriously as they should and i hope that i improved wrong yeah who knows but i do know for example like local authorities for example in haringey um they are looking at doing an impact assessment specifically on haringey i don't know whether other local authorities are doing this if not they should be but it may be that they feel that they need to wait for central government before they can take any actions. But no one should be waiting for central government. Yeah. This is a dire situation that we're in. We are literally dying. Yeah. 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 Um, I think, well, there's just a few things I would add in terms of... um, in terms of the hist, like how how we look back at hi- on history, <laughs> um, I laugh. I mean, I don't know why I, my response is to laugh. It's because it's it feels so it feels so terrible actually. Um, in terms of, I think I, I think yes, there's 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 something to be said about the benefit of hindsight. There's something to be said about the fact that this was a a, a massive crisis that we've never lived through before in our lifetimes. Um, And, you know, there's only so much you can prepare, but I think in terms of uh, how, you know, our government has responded, even the the herd immunity, et cetera, et cetera. I think any public inquiry has to expose that. Um, And I would like to see it layered. um, And I would like to see it in terms of, in terms of like what was actually done to prevent or what was actually done um, to protect people um, and to do the best to save lives. And then also another layer, which is, which is more connected to health. Is there some kind of specific, I don't buy into it, um, but is there some kind of specific underlying health, health issues that leave uh, specifically black people or uh, African uh, Caribbean people more um, vulnerable? Um, I think all of that has to be reset. I think even we're at a stage now where we don't even really, it's still the virus, it seems to be surprising health, um, health people in the health profession where, you know, and scientists still don't really fully understand the virus as well. So I think there's a lot, if I were, if we were going to see a public inquiry, I would like to see it multi-layered in that way and really see a lot of that information come out. But I think as we've mentioned in this, um, in this podcast is that, you know, a lot of what we believe are the reasons as to why we have been left more vulnerable um, uh, to, 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 to catch the virus and then um, overrepresented in the deaths um, and critical care is to do with structural racism. And, and all, you know, this is already an issue in society. So to me, I, I don't feel very hopeful that any inquiry is, you know, it will come back and tell us what we already know. Um, and then, you know, it just carries on. And, um, you know, that's my fear for any kind of public inquiry. Um, you know, I think it's still worth doing, but I still feel like in a way, if we kind of aren't, we kind of answering to the questions as to why we sort of already know. Um, and, you know, I, we really, that's what we need to do is address those things. We need to address structural inequality um, and systemic racism. It's like that, you know, whenever time, whenever like a new report comes out about ethnic minorities, you know, ethnic minorities are paid four times less at the workplace. They were all like, yeah, we know. (laughs) 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 Then there's something we don't know. uh, Okay, shock. You know that meme of being shocked face? Anyway, um, so just so to everyone out there, this is such an important topic. 
and please 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 do join in you can um join in on twitter our handle is at the under underscore consensus underscore our instagram also is the underscore consensus underscore and the hashtag to follow the conversation is consensus hashtag consensus podcast so what i really want to do now is we've obviously talked about the whys whether or not we'll ever get to find out the real whys as part of this review that everyone is doing um i just also wanted to talk about quickly you know what are some of the steps that we as a community can take to protect ourselves it's all well and good saying yes this has happened to us that has happened to us but what are we doing now that we know that black people aren't immune from the rona what are we doing to protect ourselves and i also in with that just wanted to talk a little bit about you know whether the easing of lockdown rules whether that actually makes it harder um for people to try and protect themselves you know like should we be meeting people now um des should we be meeting people guy yeah <laughs> <laughs> i'm confused like when like i have i've googled this multiple times like everyone is confused like the the day after the lockdown was eased and uh you know, um, Dominic Raab did his, um, his, uh, you know, pageantry, uh, doing the, the rounds on um, morning, morning television and radio, just confused the situation further. I think what the, the rules are, as I understand it, please correct me because I, I, I may well be very wrong, is that you could go, you can go outside and meet up with people and you can be um, six you have to be six foot apart and you can meet different people as long as you're outside and you're six foot apart and that that's that's yes yes Shaka's giving me the thumbs up great um which is which is um i think i don't know who's taking advantage of that i think personally i think that's weird just stay at home until i don't know i don't know if anyone else like i'm not gonna i'm I gonna like bring like a little um what's the thing that you shout into that um that you use at a protest what's it called um, uh a tannoy yeah, something like that. Am Megas, I going to use megaphones? Yeah, okay. megaphone. Am I going to be talking to my friend using the megaphone? Like, just tell me when I can meet my friend. And I'll go out and meet them. Like, that's weird, man. Like, am I just? What is that? I don't know. Is anyone else going to do that? I mean, I just feel like the government has been a little bit irresponsible in the way that they eat there, and then it just caused a lot more um, confusion. Given that we are dying the most. It's up to us to um, not listen. Yeah, basically, no. Exactly. no. <laughs> basically. To ourselves. Um, so now I'm currently at that stage where I'm debating with my friend. Should we just go and do our social distancing walk out in the park now that we're allowed to? <laughs> her boyfriend doesn't want her to go. Our mutual friend does not want us to go. So we're like, well... And then we're all ethnic minorities. And then my our friends was like, listen, Boris is not going to look after us. We need to look after us. Stay your, stay your ass at home, yeah. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, just, I think they should, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I 100% agree with you. I, my friend invited me over to, um, for a social distance housewarming party. And I'm like, that's just... <laughs> what how does that even work i don't know i'm gonna ask her it's in a couple of weeks so who knows <laughs> but oh i really want to see her but i'm just concerned that that's just not um there's all surfaces everywhere it's just not gonna that's not happening yeah. <laughs> but wait if we're not allowed to meet then yeah. can we get on transport shaka <laughs> It's a great question. Um, you know, again, you know, not, it's not very, it's not very clear. Um, so, you know, first, when, when, when the government obviously first announced that they were loosening up lockdown, um, the, you know, the message was stay at home, but actually go to work, go to work or stay at home. Um, but generally the consensus was that, or the messaging was that if you can work, go to work. Um, it, sorry, should I say, sorry, if you can work from home, work from home but if you can't basically you gotta go back to work um and for as far as i can see in terms of um the establishments that are open in terms of the workplaces that are open i think it's just still the same people that were on the front line who were doing the key services and who were working 
already in the first place of those who were working, um, who had to stay working, who are continuing to work. Um, then the advice was obviously um, not to take public transport, um, to drive where you could um, and walk and cycle. Um, but again, there's just no, there's just no foresight, no planning, no preparation, no help from like uh, even local government, central government in terms of like how, what does that actually look like? And then obviously we've heard today in terms of the TfL bailout um, regarding uh, the conditions in which the, the central government is bailing out TfL. And one of those conditions is that, you know, the, well, already the... Um, uh, the pricing has gone up, but also that the congestion charge is going to come back into effect on Monday and is also going to be raised to £15 from the 22nd of June. Um, there will be no more free travel for under 18s, um, no more free travel for over 60s and the disabled at peak times. Um, so it's a really, really confusing message as far as I can see in terms of travel, because how do people get to work? I mean, if cycling or walking just isn't available to you in terms of distances or um, even access to a bike, um, there just seems little thought out. I mean, I think public transport is still currently operating at around 13 to 15 percent or something like that of capacity. Yeah. So um, so already, you you, you know even if people are now encouraged to go to work, the capacity hasn't increased in order to make sure that those people who are traveling on transport are able to physically distance themselves from each other. Um, it just all seems, it, I mean, it, to be fair, this whole thing is so in line with how it started from the beginning, which is just, it's fumbled, it's a shambles, it's like, it, oh, we've got to do this, so let's do it. It's all very reactionary. It's all like on the back foot. It's all just like, oh, someone told us to do it. Let's do it. Uh, without actually no, no plan, no thinking and, and really no clear advice for people. And I think that for us as a community, us as individuals, people personally looking after ourselves, um, you know, I feel like I'm in a very privileged position to, 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 to a certain extent. I'm able to physically distance. I'm able to stay in my house. Um, there's some work that I've been able to do from my house. Um, but for those who are on the front line who, who just don't have that choice, um, I feel they've been let down so badly. And um, yeah, and I think, I guess all we can do is do what we can to look after ourselves. And even if that means take care of our health, I mean, I'm not one for the individualist blaming people for getting ill. Um, I, I'm, I don't buy into that at all, but I think we've got to give ourselves the best chance in terms of our wellness, in terms of eating well, living well, you know, lots of water, time in nature. Like if we can do those things as well, I think they improve our mental health and those things can help us with our resilience in the face of like a, 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 a crisis like this. This shows as well though, we've got to transport because it's like people mm. drive if they can, but no, people should drive or maybe actually they should walk or cycle to work. Again, you can tell that ethnic minorities, those from yes. lower, lower background in terms of social and in, uh, deprived areas, those working on the front line who make up more significant proportion of those that work in you know, front line jobs. They have not been thought as part of this because actually not everyone is going to be able, no people are able to, able to afford to have that car, number two. Number three, they will not be riding bikes, so they are having to go on public transport. Um, it just, you can just see that yet again, there hasn't really been a thought towards those groups of people and then that's going to lead me nicely into, okay, fine. Let's say you can't drive, you can't cycle, and you can't walk because you work too far. You're not getting the bus. How do you protect yourself? Coin. Um, so now, I mean, before, um, wearing a face mask or covering wasn't really essential. But now, um, I would definitely encourage everyone. Like, I wasn't wearing one before, but now I definitely am. If I'm leaving the house, I'm going to be wearing a face covering. So you can... The issue with face coverings is that there's limited stock online, um, especially when I was looking. Um, it's not even just that there was limited stock. Prices of face coverings were just ridiculous everyone was hiking their prices not even just for face coverings so just the basic essentials which was really annoying um but the government has also suggested that you know you can make your own face covering 
they have a whole step-by-step guide as to how you can make this covering on the gov.uk website um so it teach it basically teaches you how to do all of that but at the end of the day who's gonna i i mean not everyone's gonna have access to make uh also a face covering but if you can um the government website does have um, instructions as to how to do that um but also just getting them from online as well if you can um but prices are ridiculous and stock is limited but definitely if you are leaving your house i would encourage everyone to just have that extra protection and just cover your face and if you can wear gloves just there's no harm in doing it so i definitely recommend everyone does that that's what i do now when i'm going food shopping just cover up can i just add quickly to that um there was a really cool video i saw actually how to make a face mask out of a, out of one sock that only required a sock oh, really? and, a, and a pair of scissors which i thought was um yeah it was very resourceful um and and potentially quite cheap so um probably link yeah. to that on the on our twitter page yeah yeah yeah, yeah. sure sure oh amazing um for those that haven't heard it our handle is at the underscore consensus underscore and instagram is the underscore consensus underscore and you can follow the conversation um using a hashtag consensus podcast um, so I think one of the other things that also changed as well was around working um, safely. So I think from what I understood from what was said, even though it was a bit of a mess, is that from Wednesday, so we're recording this podcast on a Friday. So from Wednesday, I don't even know what date Wednesday was. I'm so confused um, with dates now. But from Wednesday this week, um, there was like, the, the restriction eased a little bit. So the lockdown is not over. Social distancing rules remain in place. So it's still staying two meters apart, wherever. And the advice is that anyone who has symptoms or live with someone who has symptoms should stay at home. So what happens about work situations? So it says that um, stay at home and work from home if you're able to, but some sectors are not allowed to open. So like construction, food production, manufacturing, logistic distribution, and like scientific stuff in them, um, laboratories. Why can't I say that word? And then childminders, nannies, and cleaners are also allowed to go back to work. I'm not understanding that. But anyway, that's now what's happening. For all those who are hoping that they can get their hair done, go to the barber shop, get their nails done, sorry, because those shops are still closed um, to the public. So they, the government also published like a list of businesses that have to stay closed. So definitely pubs, definitely nail shops, hairdressers, clothes shops, restaurants. So all of those are still closed uh, for now. And I guess potentially that's kind of where there's been a little bit more clarity with all of the guidance that they've given. But at the same time though, it has left a lot of employees at the mercy of the employers. Like I said before, some employers are already forcing their employees to work, which is what led to the death of Belly um so what this does is just model the waters a lot more and leave them at the mercy of employers so i'm not quite understanding like what you've all said the logic behind this and again this only serves to put ethnic minorities at risk you know so guys we have been having quite a bit of a heavy conversation today, which is completely fair, given the situation that we are in. Um, We, like we said in the very beginning of this podcast, we don't have the answers. We are just a shock. No one has the answers as to why ethnic minorities are more affected by this and are dying at a disproportionate rate. we've had led this conversation out there 
just to explore some of the issues or some of the reasons as to why we think and what more we can be doing to protect ourselves because it seems as though we can't wait for central government um, to help us and that's what a lot of little communities have done across the country by coming together and helping but at the same time people tend to volunteer more in white middle class areas so actually we're still not benefiting from the goodwill or the coming together that has happened um, so there is so much we can do in terms of how we can look after each other and I think that's why we needed to do this podcast to be that voice, to be that, you know, just to show that we are here. We're just as confused as you are. We are trying to figure out what and why this is happening to us. But at the same time, we can try and delve into some of the reasons. Um, so I think it's right for us to sort of end to essentially just talk about what we have been doing personally to keep safe. Um, have we suddenly developed a new a routine? Um, I'll start with you, Shaka. Um, <laughs> um, well, like I said, I, I, I don't really have a routine. It's very unstructured, um, which has actually opened up a space for me to be more creative. Um, some of you may or may not know that in a past life I used to do music write music um so it's just allowed me to even just be entertain other creative projects that like i've just not had time not even been in the right headspace um so yeah not so much routine but i don't know i don't think creatives have routine it's all a bit free and flowy so you know sometimes early sometimes late um and just be yeah doing that no necessarily new hobbies trying to do some more reading um trying to read more um, trying to do some courses as well online and um, but also trying to spend a lot of time in in nature as and when I can as well um, I think that's very important so um, and in terms of keeping safe I mean just following the rules like I really I mean to be fair I, I find that quite easy I'm quite a homebody anyway so I, <laughs> I love my house sometimes when I'm working I don't feel like I spend enough time in my house so to be fair I, I quite enjoy um, uh, my home time and um, yeah cooking simple very very simple things very simple things but not much different to in many ways what i was doing before i'm definitely gonna tap you up for some yoga help because please do oh i can definitely help you with that definitely I have put on weight to the point where my mom made the most savage comments today that i don't even want to repeat about my weight gain but we are where we are i've been enjoying what about you um <laughs> what have you been doing uh yeah i have i have nothing um i'm actually like i'm listening i'm all ears to what you guys say i mean i think one thing that i've i've one thing in particular this week that i've been trying to do is actually starting and ending my day when i'm supposed to like my work day um so like i you know was starting work at eight or seven th because you know i'm at home like what what else do i have to do except for like walk around the halls <laughs> i don't know drinking coffee so um i think properly making sure that work begins at nine and ends at 5.30 as much as possible. It's not always possible, but I think that's one thing that I'm trying to make sure that I don't, you know, start screaming into the void. Um, Koyin? That's actually really important. I'm going to try and take that up, like making sure to like stick within boundaries because working from home, you can literally just work the whole day. Um, yeah. But I mean, I've been um, obviously staying at home. I rarely go out, maybe every two weeks just to go food shopping. Um, you know, I have Bay, and I haven't seen him in months. So it's just like having those little um, phone calls, just having like date nights. I've been doing that with my friends as well and family like that um, I haven't seen as well, which has been really fun. I've been trying some new makeup looks. I've been trying every day to work out. But at the same time, I'm eating snacks times 20. So I guess it's all about balance. So I need to like work on that. But yeah, that's it really. Just living life. That's just all I can really do. But I have been, I just do want to say that I have been seeing people are getting a bit like fed up with the whole lockdown thing. I am seeing people like, you know, new hair, new nails, like house parties and stuff. But honestly, like we really do need to just like even if they tell us to go out tomorrow I'm not going out tomorrow until like maybe two months or so like I think we just have to use our own initiative as well and just really 
just stay at home as best as we can um I know it's frustrating and obviously your mental health it affects you mentally it affects you physically but just do what you have to do to ensure your safety your friends and family safety and hopefully we will get over this as soon as possible like when uh, it was announced that carnival was um, going to be cancelled I was yes I was a bit annoyed not annoyed I was disappointed but also very relieved because even can, I, can like, I just say that's when it got real for me that's when it that's when it got real I remember <laughs> it wasn't real but yeah 2020 is officially done but even done. if carnival wasn't cancelled I wouldn't have gone and and I think that's the kind of attitude I think more of us need to be taking um like you said Koyin we need to take initiative because obviously we they they don't I don't want to say they don't care about us but we are not at the forefront of thought so we need to take that lead ourselves um for me I think it's the same I've been eating a lot to the point where I've taken um pleasure in eating good food like I'm buying lobster I'm like do you know what why not and that's why I've put away and I can't decide or not <laughs> I like the fact that I've put away or I don't I can't decide one minute I love the curves I'm like Ooh, that's good. <laughs> next minute I'm like oh I feel heavy so I can't decide which it is um I've been doing a lot of date nights with my friends, which has been good. We often have, we get drunk and uh, we've been dressing up and just having little parties um, by Zoom. Um, we have themed ones. We do different ones like every other week. Um, I'm talking to my family a lot more so than ever. I'm having a lot of group chats with the family, which didn't really happen before. So it's quite nice to have like my sisters at uni, my brother who got his first job actually during this whole pandemic working at Tesco and having that first responsibility of earning money and he's calculating, he's calling me, oh my God, the tax man mocked me over. <laughs> to help him figure out the ways of working. And staying at home I love my own company I absolutely enjoy my own company so when this pandemic started I'm like yeah why not um so yeah I haven't really been doing anything much but I'm just making sure that my mental health is in check that is my priority at this moment because I know it's so easy for you to slip into low mood and depression so just making sure that I don't get there but also can we just say actually on that note just to sort of say that actually feeling down is normal um and like that's like not like you're gonna have i I think i've noticed a lot there's up days and down days so you know i think all our listeners ourselves included forgive ourselves like that's normal like to have up days and down days some days you don't feel great um and maybe some days you feel better than others. And um, I mean, yeah, I, I, I just think... It's like, it's okay not to be okay. And okay, yeah. one day you wake up and you just can't make it out of bed, that's fine. Stay in bed. <laughs> like, this is how I see it. You know, not every day I can make myself get up. And, you know, but I think we can mm-hmm. save this. Um, this is a nice little segue to say we've got many different episodes coming out um because like i said before we've been quite quiet and we just felt that there was a gap to hear our voices during this period and we're going to be doing a bit lot more recording talking about very different aspects around sort of mental health as well uh how we can look after our hair um during this whole um crisis so look out for more episodes from us um in addition to that we thought as well that we would um, publish a newsletter which is basically just to give practical advice on many different issues such as how you can keep your faith how you can look after your mental health like where you can get help from so we essentially I think it's from the view that you know after everything that we've just talked about today we're saying that people should take initiatives we can, if we if we have that resources to share we can try and share and that's what we want to do with this series of this podcast along with our newsletter so on that note um 
we will have to leave you and thank you very much for tuning in and it's really nice to have the girls back (laughs) (laughs) so don't forget you can join us join the conversation our twitter handle is at the underscore consensus underscore and instagram is the underscore consensus underscore and you can follow the conversation using a hashtag consensus podcast so ladies thank you so much for joining thank you thank you lovely speaking to you guys thank you guys you too and bye everybody bye take care see you soon bye